Think about making a podcast but don't know how or where to start? Well, Spotify has you covered. Spotify now offers a podcasting service called Spotify for Podcasters. You can create, record, and edit your content right on your phone or computer. You can even monetize your podcast. So download the app today or visit podcasters.spotify.com. Um, my hips hurt because I've been tossing this ass in a triangle since the song came out. Uh, <laughs> that a song triangle is, so is crazy. A triangle, because <laughs> I can't throw it in a circle. His old <laughs> ass can't do it in a circle. Right, so it's got to go in a triangle, baby. On this episode of The Color Lavender, we'll be talking about Ariana Grande's and Lil Nas X's new releases, some sports commentator beef, and the anti-LGBTQ plus bills that have been proposed throughout the country. That and more on this episode. Welcome to the Color Lavender Podcast, a podcast that talks about what is going on in the world we live in and how it affects queer folks. I'm PJ. I'm David. Anichiwa, bitches. <laughs> okay. That's Niger. <laughs> um, okay, that was a little, you know, a little, uh, it was a little, it was a lot, you know. Um, <laughs> you came out guns a-blazing. Right. And and also for the for the listeners, guns are blazing is just a top thing. I know active shooting is a huge problem in the U.S. Gun control, but you know, don't come for me. Um, talking about I'm insensitive to guns, right? Um, how's everyone's week been? It was good, pretty good. Um, obviously, all day today I've been spent watching SVU because that's my show. Um, but, um, we're getting ready for our kitchen remodel. Um, and yeah. Uh, so basically this weekend, uh, myself, uh, my husband, my mom and my stepdad, also possibly my sister are basically going to rip the, uh, cabinets off of our walls. Um, and then, you know, take off our countertops and then, you know, our sink, whatever. And so it's not a full remodel. It's just like the cabinets and my countertop because my countertop looks like something out of 1985. And we can't have that. Um, so, so yeah. Um, just been playing with my cats and, yeah, that's basically it. That sounds exciting. You know I love me a kitchen remodel. You know I love yes. kitchens. We know. Um, I, I just, you know, it's not, it's not about me. And, you know, it's your decision at the end of the day. But please do not get white cabinets. Uh, I don't actually know what color they are. I think they're, I don't know. Did you not pick know. them out? No. So they they might actually be white. Uh, so, I, so I'll say this. They, I think they are white, but they're newer looking. Like, the ones I have in there are, like, white, but... They're like old and just got repainted. That's all they are. I hate white cabinets. I know, I know. 
Um, we didn't want black because it would have been, I don't know, it would have like been weird. I don't know. I so we got them from IKEA and uh why well, I got to be black. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so when we looked at it black, it just looked because there's like a 3D model of it. It just looked weird. So we got white, we got like a wood like sort of countertop um and we got we did get black handles so we have like black handles and knobs and all that so that's nice but but yeah so that's all i got going on um what oh you were talking about your passport what happened with the passport oh oh yeah yeah. it was just that um i was gonna try to do the application but the site was down and i was kind of frustrated about that oh you know you can go to a fedex in person and do the renewal no, I didn't know that. Hmm. Okay. I have to do that. Anyway. You're welcome. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. What about you, <laughs> Nigel? See, last week was cool. Um, nothing much really happened, really like therapy, and it might not sound like it, but I recently started Bible study again. And oh. so um oh, wow. I'm not fully um yeah, I'm not fully saved yet. Um so so you might hear a couple things come out. Um but look, I'm working on it. I'm trying to do my spiritual cleansing and everything, you know, I'm trying to be right with the Lord. Um but other Lord. than that <laughs> other than that, um yeah, it wasn't really much going on. It got really, really cold this weekend. And so you well, know I, I have yeah, you know, I have I have Jax, and so going outside, you know, and he, it's like, Jax knows that it's cold, and he knows that I don't like the cold, and he thinks everything's a game, and so he'll try to play and all that. I'm like, listen, sir, we don't, I need you to pick a spot and do your business so we can get back inside. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, that that whole thing. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, other than that, uh, it was a, a semi- productive weekend i started organizing my kitchen um i cleaned out my closet so that was cool um and yeah now i'm here work and paul <laughs> um what did i do this with jesus um you went and got pho without me i did i i went to get pho today um, which was great. It was, lo- it was, it's very cold. It was very cold today. Um, so yeah, it was super cold, but I'm trying to think, what did I do? What, did, what thing did I do this week? Oh my God. You know what? That's so sad that I forget the shit I do in a week. Damn. Um, just shameful. I, I just, I really can't remember. I mean, I had work. Oh, oh, um, I went to visit a friend's uh, new his new condo. Um, it was uh, let's just say um, it's goals because first of all, the condo has a view of the Manhattan skyline, which oh, wow. like from anywhere of the house. And I was like, I hate you. And then <laughs> um, the kitchen has, you know, the the gray shaker cabinets with the white quartz countertop with the induction Ugh. oven. And I was like, I hate you. Um, and then um, 
the it has two bathrooms and there's a there's a, a primary bathroom and a guest bathroom and it's just it's just wonderful. He has a a nice couch with a chaise. Um, I just loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, well, huh? What does he do to he's, have he's like, money for that? He's a psychologist. Oh, do they make a lot of money? You know, I don't know. Yes. Oh, I guess they do. That makes sense. Um, and I'm trying to think, what else did I do this weekend? This week? Um. Oh, I, uh, I, you know, um, have something in the works where I am meeting with someone of a theater, and hopefully to bring my solo show that I did at the Fringe Festival in New York soon. So that is exciting um, that I got a meeting with one of them. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. And, you know, we paid off the rest of our uh, bill for the cruise this week. So nice. That was my week. Other than that, nothing really happened. Um, it's exciting, though. In terms of like your your play, mm-hmm. and then um, you know paying for the cruise because the the play was really 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 done um, well, and uh, I yes, was able to was. see it on the last day. But I truly enjoyed it, so yeah, I do hope that everything works out for that. Thank you so much. I I was so shocked when you came because I did not know you were coming. I was so happy. Um, it's funny because like David came to see opening night, and you saw closing night, which is so funny. That's how um, it goes. That's how it goes. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but yeah so hopefully that works out um you know still working through that but um yeah so anyway uh we can talk about our quote of the week david davina stop it right now (laughs) (laughs) um so i my quote of the week is actually from the same person i did uh what three weeks ago which is it is a quote from Cleveland's own Duran Bernard, which is one of my favorite musicians. Um, that was not on purpose, I swear. Um, I just found this quote and I was it, it affected me in a way. And the quote is, you never know the impact that you have on someone just by being by just being yourself. Hopefully by being yourself, it can be seen as a positive thing. Um, it's very it's a very simple, you know, um, quote but i think it's i think it's significant um you know i've had people in my life you know especially just being a queer person you know i've had people in my life who i looked up to in that journey um paul being one um well really the main one but i've had a couple others and you know since i've gotten you know as i've gotten older and been you know more open and more um just visible um, I've had other people who are, you know, a little bit younger than me, you know, reach out to me and say, you know, you really inspired me to be open and honest with my family and my friends and, you know, finally do that. And so I think that that's, you just, you never know what, you know, who's, who's coming behind you and who sees you and who is inspired by you. So I, I just, I'm just very, I was very affected by that. So, yeah. That is wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Ain't it? <laughs> Thank you. All right. So we're going to move on to our It's Giving Success shoutouts. Um, the first one being, congrats to the first openly gay prime minister of France, Gabriel Atal. Yeah. I'm pronouncing the last name right. Can't remember. 
I don't know. But congrats to the first openly gay prime minister of France. Yes. He's cute. Is he? You haven't seen him? No, I have not. But I will look him up. Well, he's cute. He's a little handsome. A little handsome man. Um, And for those who don't know, Macron is still in office. France has a president and a prime minister. So the president is still Macron. And their prime minister is... Uh, is Gabriel Atal. And I could be wrong, but I pretty much believe the Prime Minister is kind of the equivalent of the U.S.'s Secretary of State. Right. So, there you go. Yeah, he's definitely your type. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Um, Definitely your type. Anyways, our second shout-out is to Greece for finally legalizing same-sex marriage. It's crazy that it's 2024 and we're still saying, you know, seeing this, that, like, places are still legalizing same-sex marriage. It's insane to me. It's only been legal nine years here, so. I know. Um, Wild. And then the third one is Maryland's governor, Wes Moore, has signed a bill to make Medicaid um, cover gender-affirming care. You know what's so crazy? That book, the other Westmore, I didn't realize that that was the same person. I thought it was a complete coincidence. And then I saw him. I said, he looked familiar. And then I remember we read that book, the other Westmore in high school. And that was and the, the guy who wrote it. That's this guy. Who, who I, wrote the other Westmore in high school? I mean, this, who read this, that? Did, did we not read that in high school? The other Westmore? I, I mean... Uh, this is not a this is not a brag, but you know we were. I wasn't honors and you weren't, but I don't remember reading that. Oh, maybe you. Uh, yeah, maybe you, maybe you guys didn't. Um, was this but, under Reeser? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense because Reeser love him. Uh, love him some black people. Um, yeah, no, I have Francioli's. I have Francioli's bitch ass, and um. <laughs> And we okay. read, we read no people of color, none, Zada, zero. I'm not surprised. Their whole. Um, but uh, just as a quick synopsis, the other Westmore is about. Um, I don't know if you know what the book is about, but it's about um, this guy, Westmore, um, either growing up in the same neighborhood or around the street from another guy named Westmore. So this guy um, had, I guess, they had similar. They have similar names. They grew up in similar neighborhoods, but I think their backgrounds are different. Um, this Westmore had, you know, a pretty healthy dynamic in terms of his family. The other one was kind of in a toxic environment. This Westmore became very, you know, successful. Obviously, he's the governor of Maryland, and the other one is in prison. I think he's in prison for murder or something. But um, it was kind of like a comparison between the two. It talked about his life and the other one's life, and I thought that was interesting. But I didn't realize that that was the same guy who's the governor of Maryland until I saw him. But yeah, anyway. So that sounds great. I'm so happy you got to, I, I'm not even going to bring up the fact why I'm mad that Francioli never brought up any people of color. Like that's a shame that I didn't, my, the first time I read people like Toni Morrison, James Baldwin, Langston Hughes, like all these people, Alice, um, Alice Walker Wolf was Walker. college because we oh, were, yeah. and you know, Catholic school don't fucking bring up people of color authors. And, I, it, oh, God. Um, 
anyway. So those are our shout outs. Okay. So we are going to move on to our first topic. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> um, all right. So our first topic is about some new song releases that happened the past week. Um, we got a new song and video from Ariana Grande, and we got a new song and video from Little Nas X. Um, so I guess we can start with Ariana Grande, alphabetical order, I guess. Um her new song is called Yes And. Um, it is a house-influenced song. Uh, she also uh, premiered a music video with it um, to accompany it. And, you know, all the all the girlies, all the gays, all the they're all living forward saying, oh, my God, yes, Queen is bringing back what we needed. She's a pop girly. And you know how they are. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, also, this song has caused some controversy because there's a certain lyric in the song that says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, it says, like, why do you care whose dick I ride? Oh, Yeah. I didn't hear that. So, um, if people don't know, that lyric, people think that lyric um, deals with the big s- sort of scandal that was in the news about her and a Broadway actor by the name of Ethan Slater. Um, for those who don't know, Ethan Slater is a Broadway performer. He he played SpongeBob in the original Broadway production of SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical. Um, he's also uh, currently um, playing playing in the revival of Spamalot on Broadway. Anyway, so the reason how they met was because they're both starring in the new um, movie musical Wicked that's coming out this year. Um, but the gag is, is that Ariana Grande was married and so was he, so was he. So they were both married and Ethan just had a child and apparently they were, um, hooking up, getting together, having an affair with each other and Ariana Grande gets a divorce and next thing you know, Ethan is breaking up with his wife. Um, and apparently she found out that they were having an affair through the media. So it's been a huge gag. And, you know, some people saying like, oh, why would she date Ethan? Ethan's ugly. Now, for those who don't know who Ethan, what he looks like, he he has a very interesting face. That's um, such an insult. Just say uh, he's ugly. Just say he's ugly. Interesting face is not a compliment. He has a very interesting face. However, from the neck down... He's fine. He's ripped. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, he better be over there looking like Randall from Recess. But, like, (laughs) listen, I'm not trying. No shade. No shade now. But that man look like Randall. Go, if y'all listening, go look up Randall from Recess. That's Ethan Slater. That's all I'm going to say. Put some red hair on it and put put a little more muscle. And that's Ethan Slater. Yes. Am I wrong? I mean the face. Okay, fine. The face, yes, but Randolph, but Randolph, that's very fit and 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 toned. Oh yeah, I um, guess he already does have red hair, but you know, you know um, what I'm yeah. 
So Ethan Slater is actually a pretty good performer. I've seen him twice on Broadway. Um, he He's what you call a very physical actor. It means that he does a lot of his own stunts and stuff on Broadway stages. Um, hence why he's ripped, because he probably has to work out a lot. Um, but uh, he's a great performer. However, when I saw him in a revival of Spamalot, I was like, oh my god, I wonder how you and Ari are doing. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so the song, Yes, yes And, uh, it's a house song. People are calling it her version of Break My Soul. Um, oh god. And the music video pays homage to Paula Abdul's music video for Cold Hearted. Um, for those who are Paul Abdul fans, it's pr- the music video for Ariana Grande is pretty much the same as Paul Abdul's video. But also, Paul Abdul's video was inspired by Bob Fosse. And for those who don't know who Bob Fosse is, Bob Fosse is a uh, one of the biggest and most iconic Broadway and film directors and choreographers. You know his work. He did cabaret he did chicago he did sweet charity he has a very um uh he has a very known style of dancing when you see his choreo you'll know it's is a bob fossey choreo um actually beyonce has a few videos of hers that are very much complete copies of bob fossey's work um talk about it no, I, you brought it up. <laughs> I'm just saying they are. I'm I, I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying like Single Ladies was a direct copy of Bob Fosse's work, and Give Me Body's music video was a direct copy of Bob Fosse's work. Oh, you know what? I have heard that. I have. Nigel knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we definitely have uh, talked about that um, a couple of times, and people, you know. Beehive, the uh, don't like to hear the truth, but hey, I'm just a messenger. She's still a go, but anyway, uh, oh. <laughs> I'm just being antagonistic. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> don't do that, don't do that. Uh, don't yeah, do that. anyway, um, so don't, let's don't, don't do that. Let's get to the song, okay. Um, after the first listen, I didn't like the song. Um, the song is still working on me at this point. Uh, I honestly feel like Ariana Grande's voice does not fit house music. So the hell don't. Like I feel like when you sing house music, you have to have a certain, uh, uh, you have to have a certain powerful like oomph when you're singing. Her soft, her soft, delicate, whispery. Uh, lullaby voice just doesn't seem right for on a house beat. It just doesn't. Um, and it's funny that when she, in the lyrics she says, "Say it with your chest," and she's fucking whispering. Like it, <laughs> it's funny to me. Um, oh my god! I, I can I can see why people love it. You know, it it, okay. it. Um, I you know at this point a lot of people are so used to mediocre music nowadays that they just like anything. Um, it's such a the, shame. The song is sort of catchy, I guess, and um, it's from Ariana, so people are gonna like Ariana's music regardless. So it's she's right. you know, um, the music video, I think is a direct copy of Paul Abdul. I hate when artists do direct copies of another artist. To me, it just seems lazy. Yeah. Um, 
And also, the difference is Paul Abdul's version uh, video for Cold Hearted. Paul Abdul is dancing with a capital D, dancing because Paul Abdul is a dancer. Um, Ariana was doing a little bit of choreography in his video. It was like very you know toned down, one two step choreo. Um, it wasn't like you know a Paula or a Janet, but you know she did her thing, and. Uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on a song. What do y'all think? Nigel, go ahead. Let's see. Yeah, you know what? The song is... Uh, I mean, initially, I like the, the... I like the music because I love house music. And so um, it does kind of... I guess uh, I kind of buy into it quickly because of this, just the sound. But um, let me preface by saying that I've never been an avid uh, Ariana Grande fan. Um, there are a couple of songs that I do appreciate, um, but I'm not someone where I go crazy, you know, over her music. And so with this song uh, specifically, um, yeah, I mean, I, I bought into it because it's the house music, but not so much because it's Ariana Grande. Um, I know that, David, you're probably really going to speak more to this, but um, there is definitely a trend um, in terms of this house sound that's been happening um, over the past couple of years. And um, especially with the success of Renaissance, um, I do believe that we're definitely going to get a couple more years of people really like getting, you know, flying high on the trend of, of house music. Um, as far as the lyrics are concerned, eh, it's not really saying much. Um, we had a conversation via text. We were more so talking about Lil Nas X, but um, you know, I'm somebody where I gravitate more so towards substance and actual content. And so what she's talking about, you know, but then again, I, I don't necessarily expect for her to this type of sound to really say anything, but yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, it's cool, but it's not something that I would think that I would just be running back to. So that's kind of what I have for that. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of like I don't know. I um I you know, I wasn't really listening to house like that um until recently and I and it's 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 not something I don't typically seek it out. I just kind of whenever I hear it I like it. Um but the trend that out that you were referring to, obviously, you know, Beyoncé had done it and a few others, but like even Drake put out a song that had elements of it. I think it was called, um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like on his album that he just put out. Um, I don't know. Like part of me feels like people just hear it and happen to like it and they want to incorporate, you know, elements of it. But part of me feels like it, it is kind of pandering to a degree. Like, they know who the who the target audience for house music is. Like they like they know. There's no way. I, I mean, especially with Beyonce, there is no way that that woman who has you know gay family members and and all this stuff who've been around us and all this. There ain't no way she didn't know. So I'm not. I ain't really talking about her. I know she knew. Um, but everybody else, like y'all, know who your target audience is. Um, and I, listen, I don't see anything wrong with pandering. I mean, you know. You want to make more money from a certain group? I don't have no problem. It's just like, unfortunately, we gonna, we're going to end up seeing the same kind of music for the next two or three years. And then, you know, we're like, okay, what's next? You know, so 
that's kind of what I had to say about that. It's just, it's just, it's, it's a trend and I don't think it's going to stop for another couple of years. So I'm not really surprised. Well, actually the recent trends didn't start with Renaissance. It actually started with Lady Gaga in 2020. Oh. Lady Gaga put out Chromatica, which was an entire house album. Um, uh, okay. Uh, but the problem was it was released in 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. people did listen to it, but it didn't get as much traction as Renaissance because people were stuck in the fucking house. We couldn't do anything when Chromatica came out. So she mm-hmm. couldn't like she couldn't advertise it. She her tour was two years later because of the COVID. Damn. So like, so yeah. So actually that was the first album that was like, okay, house is coming back. Then Renaissance happened. And then the whole Drake music. So it is a trend that's probably gonna last for a bit. Um and the whole house chromatica um, made sense in a way because, like, we all know that house appeals to two different people: uh, people of color, especially black people, and gays. Mm-hmm. Lady Gaga's main fan base has always been the queer folks, always since the beginning. So you know they were like, "Oh my god, yes." Um, but um, yeah, it just sucks that it had to be two years later until she had a tour about it. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so. I just want to say, like, that was actually where it started at, at this newer trend. Um, and then, like, Renaissance blew up and it became huge. Um, and then now, Ariana, people, more people are going to. And I'm pretty sure Dua Lipa is going to do a house track. Um, who, who else? Uh, you know, the other girlies. So. The other girlies. I was, I was actually going to say, even before Lady Gaga and... I'm, you know, I'm sure, well, a lot of people aren't a fan, but Azalea Banks has always been um, really big on house music. And, um, but, you know, her music is not, you know, I mean, she has her core audience, but of course her antics and the things that she said and, you know, all the other stuff, like she's, she's definitely um, left a bad taste in people's mouths, but she's been an artist that, um, you know, even before Lady Gaga's album was somebody that catered more so towards that sound. But she kind of, you know, over the past, I think it was like either the year, either last year or the year before, where she kind of random, randomly like denounced, I guess, her connection to the gay community somehow. It was like something that she did. It was very random. Um, even though the gay community was the ones that probably supported her the most in terms of her music. Um but yeah, but I, not to say that that Azalea started the trend. It's just um, in terms of like artists that you know did house music in today's you know in these uh, these recent years. I would say Azalea definitely is one of the artists that kind of catered to that for a while. And yes, you're correct. You're absolutely correct. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I know we're going off topic. I just want to say this about Azalea Banks. Um, yes, uh, uh, she is a very controversial artist. Um, and it's funny that she said she does have something to do with the gay community when literally the gay community literally is like her fan base. But also, she literally just did a a fest a, uh, a festival recently in New York called Bushwig. And for those who don't know what that is, Bushwig is a drag festival in New York. It's the biggest drag festival in the world. And she was a headliner. She did. She was like the the keynote performer, which was funny because. It was right after she was announced as a as a headliner, right after she got in trouble for saying something transphobic, which is so funny um, and ironic. But yeah, that's so funny. She's like, I have 
but she literally just did the both the both the gayest fucking drag festival. I'm anyway. not surprised. Anyway. Problematic ass. Um, Sorry. <laughs> uh anyway. Um, okay. Now, the next song is from Little Nas X. It's called um J Christ. And also a video came out. And um what are y'all thoughts? Um my hips hurt because I've been tossing this ass in a triangle since the song came out. Uh, <laughs> that a song triangle is, is so crazy. A triangle, because <laughs> I can't throw it in a circle. His old <laughs> ass can't do it in a circle. Right, so it's got to go in a triangle, baby. Listen, you got to work with what you got, and I ain't got much. But um, Was it an acute or an obtuse triangle? Listen, I don't remember all of that. I just know it went three ways and it did not go round. Just, just stay with me. Um, but uh, no, it was that song is so I didn't expect it to be catchy like that. Like you know, all his music is kind of catchy, but I ain't expected to like. I was wash. I remember when I was the first time I listened to it. I was washing the dishes, and when I was done listening to the song, it's two minutes and some. I was literally out of breath from how hard I was. <laughs> It's a song. It's I listen, I know it's just it's just troll shit that he does, but his it's so good. I I don't even care. I don't care what the lyrics are. The song is so catchy. I just I just love it. I the song is a bop. Um and you know, yes, we can dive more into the lyrics and how like meaningless they are and blah blah blah. But I, I first of all when I first saw the video, because when okay, when he was ever when he was like teasing the song, everyone thought it was like some weird ballad type of thing. That's um, what I thought. And I was like, oh, it's gonna be some moody, depressive ballad shit. But then and then when I heard the beginning of it, because there's a small snippet of like a slow song at the beginning, um uh, in the video, not the song, but in the video, it was a small mm-hmm. snippet. I was like, oh, it's gonna be a slow song. But then when you hear the uh, uh, I said, oh, bitch, bitch, it's about to be a bop. And then when you see him strutting with the the 30-inch hair, I said, bitch, I said, here we go. Here we go. Um, I love the video. Love the video. Whoever directed that video, I think he directed the video. Actually, I think it says directed and, yeah, I think he directed the video. Yeah, it was Um, so good. It was so good. Like, um, a lot of artists have not been doing, like, have not been caring about the music videos, but him, like, he was like, I'm gonna make a video. And, um, I love the video. I love the song. The song, like, honestly, I think the song is better than, um, uh, Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Actually, I listened to that whole album uh the the album that that's on first of all that album is very much underrated y- y'all should go listen to it but um the best song on that album isn't call me by your name it's um uh uh one of me with elton john um they one of me say that's bop and then the, the one he did with um doja cat scoop that's scoop. catchy yeah the one he did with miley cyrus like they, there's some bops on that album that are better than Call Me By Your Name, and I think that's a good song, but, like, anyway. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> I love it. Naja? So, 
I can hear you. Yes. So, yeah, so we had a conversation via text um, like a couple of days ago. And um, while I respect the visuals and everything, I think that the visuals were amazing. And he did a really good job with directing the video. So kudos to him for that. Um, I definitely think that he's probably one of the more creative uh, people today um, in terms of visuals. Because, you know, music videos, I don't know. It, it There was a time when music videos really like, did something or you kind of felt something well, with watching the video. Yeah. And then like it, then there was a time where I don't know what was going on with videos. Um, so he did a really, really good job. Uh, everything looks really, really good. Um, however, with me, I don't necessarily gravitate towards the song in general, just because um, I'm not a little Nas X fan. Um, I've always, I've, I don't know. You, you, uh, Paul have spoken. Um, his praises about being a troll basically and talking, you know, back to the bigots and all this other stuff, um, being able to kind of like piss them off and, you know, you love that. And I, and while I will say that I do appreciate him, you know, not letting haters get to him or whatever, at the same time, someone such as myself, I'm like, okay, so you finally, you know, got back at whatever, um, and whoever, but outside of you just doing things for shock value, is there anything else that you have to offer? So, you know, I know we don't want to necessarily get into lyrics and stuff, but you know, I am somebody where I like lyrics and I, I like content and substance and everything. And yes, you do have artists that do things, um, in terms of being a provocateur. So people like Eminem, Janet, um, you know, Lady Gaga, but there's always a, uh, there's a purpose to it. It's like, there's a strong statement, or something that they're trying to make. Um, and mm -hmm. you can also you can also tell that they're not doing anything just for the sake of shock value. You can tell that there's literally like a point to it. Um, and so I'm not comparing them, you know, to I'm, I would never like put them in the same sentence as him, just be like, oh, because they're like the same. But you know, just in terms of, you know, when you're looking at artists that like to do things for shock value versus somebody, you know, who does something because there's a strong statement that they want to make. That's the only reason why I made the comparison. So yeah, I mean, the, the beat is nice, the visuals are good, but I don't necessarily uh, gravitate to Lil Nas X. Um, I don't know, he just annoys the crap out of me, to be honest. And that's kind of what I have with that. Fair enough. I, I will say, too, um, I think, you know, you're first of all, I think that you're that you're right about like he's just kind of a troll. That's what he needs. But honestly, I think um, I think we need those guys. I You know, I think just in, in any kind of entertainment, I think, though, the we need, you know, the guys who we just listen to if we want to, you know, throw that ass in a circle, toss it in a triangle, shake it in a square, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, um, 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 shape you need to throw that ass in. We need guys like that. You know, I mean, hell, Yin Yang Twins wasn't talking about nothing. And, and, and how many weddings have you been to that didn't play Get Low? True. Zero. And, you know, I, 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 about I think Paul played it at his wedding. Absolutely, I played the explicit version, and now my ass was on the flow. As was I, and listen, my my mom got mad at me because I played the explicit version. My grandmother was sitting in the audience. I, I now I thought she was singing along. I don't think she was, <laughs> but uh, no, we. I, every single wedding I have been to, that song has been played, and they don't be talking about nothing. So I'm I'm just saying, you right. I just think we need those people. 
you know, it we we need the ones that if we just want to shake our booties and, you know, possibly tear our ACLs from dropping it low, then, you know, that's that's just what we need. So, no, I, I, I agree with you, but I think I think the little Nas X's are necessary. <laughs> I, I you know, I agree. Oh, go, oh sorry. Just go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I agree with you too, David. Like there's a time and a place. Like you do need both. You know, I because I, I I indulge in scholastic ratchetry every now and then. Um you, you scholastic, know, being... <laughs> scholastic ratchetry. We're definitely making the title of this episode scholastic ratchetry. <laughs> um, I, I am very much an educate an educated queen. Uh, but you know, I like to get a little ratchet too. So I absolutely agree with that point. Um, that you do need to have both to coexist because people, you know, you don't always want to be super serious. You don't always want to listen to thought provoking music all the time. But then you also need, you know, the type of music that you really can like get up and, you know, have fun to and everything. And, and honestly, in rap, especially, that's always been the thing. Like you always had the yin and the yang. So, yeah. But my personal uh-huh. preference, though, is always going to be kind of more so on like statements and stuff in comparison. But no, I totally agree. Of course. Yeah, for sure. And- no, I, yeah, I agree with you, David. I agree with you, Nyjah. Um, and, we, you know, we talked about this. Like, Lil Nas X is not an artist. He's a recording artist. He makes, you know, he knows how to make a uh, a catchy song. And he know like, he's really good at knowing his audience and making something that his audience would get, but also at the same time getting, like, making viral. He, I feel like he, obviously, he's a Gen Z music artist he's a new generation of music artists and obviously we know that music nowadays is not for albums it's for you know streaming and um viability and i think he actually and uh, you know we all hate how horrible uh, like social media is and how fucking stupid it is however i do give him this he is very good at notice how to make a viral song yep He's very yes. good at that. And I'll give him his props. He's making his coin and he's knowing how to do it. And um and I'll give him that. Um and we, yeah, we all have our ratchetry. Like literally everyone knows like, you know, I'm the you know, the show tune, the the pop person, but at the same time in the playlist, I also have um hood nigga from uh from uh Gorilla's out. Listen, okay, like, I just need to point this out. I have known Paul since 2009. I have no, I, I know exactly what his music. If any of you have ever met Paul in person, when he played, it never ceases to amaze me that this man likes that song. It never, I will never get used to the fact that you'll be playing show tunes Broadway and then all the hoes popping, be steady. Not, I'm like, Bill, what? I just say it's got the whole club rock. I, ooh. Uh, I will never, so I will never understand because I don't care for that song myself, but I will never understand what Paul likes about that song. It is the most. Listen. It is polar opposite of who Paul is. Like, if you're around him, you <laughs> never guess. Yeah. Literally, I remember when I first told Nyjah about, like, me loving that song. And she was like, wait, wait. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, I love that song. And it is. It's If you know me, it's the polar opposite of who I am. 
Um, but I love that song. I don't know why. Um, so yeah, I guess the consensus is that like you know we know Little Nas X doesn't bring much substance in his music. However, he brings something to shake your ass to, and I'll get and he his visuals with his music video are great. Out he absolutely he, he's doing really well with his music videos. Um, all right, so I think that's it for topic one, um, and we're gonna take a quick break. And we're back. That never gets old. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, David, you want to take it away with our next topic? Yeah. So so for the listeners out there, this will probably be a topic that you mostly hear my voice on since these other two are not well-versed in this topic I'm about to talk about. Um, but for those of you okay. who are... Huh? You don't know that, right? I also, I also like the fact you were like these, these two. What? Like, I'm sorry. I just it seemed like y'all didn't know anything about the topic, so that's why I said that. But uh, so anyway, so for those of you who are sports fans, who who you know watch ESPN, who are familiar with like sports journalism, um, this is not a topic about you know queer folks this is a topic just about sports and this very juicy very juicy um beef between this uh this guy jason whitlock who by the way is universally hated by everyone in the um community of journalism and just sports fans sports fans in general and stephen a smith who is a very popular um what is he? A jur- he's a journalist. He's a columnist. He's a TV personality. He's a lot of stuff. So let me give some context uh, behind what is going on. So basically, um, as I said, Stephen A. Smith um, is probably the most popular figure on ESPN. Um, he has a show called First Take. Um, where they it's essentially a debate show for the last twelve years. It's been the number one. It's been the number one show. Um, one of the, it's, it's one of the highest rated shows on TV. Um, and in addition to that, he does a lot, bunch of other shows on ESPN, but he also does, um, his own show. It's a, it's a podcast on YouTube. That's not affiliated with Disney or ESPN called the Stephen A. Smith show. And he, and on there, he talks about mostly sports, you know, cause that's what he's talking about basketball and football and baseball and all that stuff. But he also talks about a bunch of other topics like, um, you know, dating, um, you know, relationships and politics and all that. It's, it's a wide range of stuff. Now, this, so earlier this week, uh, he put out a video in response to something that Jason Whitlock said. So let me get into Jason Whitlock. Basically, he is a columnist and a quote unquote journalist. Um, that again is universally hated by most sport, sports journalists, especially the black ones, um, because they look at him as a coon. And based on what the he, what the the stuff he's been saying, he kind of sounds like one. Now, I didn't have an issue with him until two thousand. I think it was two thousand seventeen. This man. So in two thousand seventeen, um, LeBron James um, has a house in Los Angeles. 
and someone sprayed the N-word on his house. And Jason Whitlock opened his mouth. Y'all are not going to believe this. Jason Whitlock opened his mouth and said, because LeBron James is rich, he is not affected by racism. Oh, this is the guy who said that? That's Jason Whitlock. Yep. No, so I, re- I remember that story, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. I don't know who this person was, but I remember the story, and I was like, who the fuck said this shit? But go ahead, I'm sorry, but yep, I don't yep, know what no, it is. It's totally fine. So let me. So in case y'all didn't hear what I said, let me say that again. Jason Whitlock opened his mouth to say LeBron James, probably one of the greatest, not probably one of the greatest basketball players ever, a, an African American man who grew up in Akron, Ohio, where I currently live, um, but in a much better part than he grew up in. Um, he said that LeBron, because he is a billionaire, essentially does not, I'm paraphrasing, essentially does not experience racism the same as everyone else. I was like, oh, he's a piece of shit. Oh, wow. Wow. So anyway, so let me get into the actual beef. So Stephen A. Smith in January of 2023, so January of last year, put out a memoir about his life, Um, you know, about his career, about his mom, about, you know, his relationship with his mom and his sisters and his entire career spanning 25 or so years. And part of that book was about how that was about how he got a scholarship, a basketball scholarship to Winston-Salem State University. I believe that is in North Carolina. I could be wrong, Um, but it's an HBCU. I believe that is in North Carolina. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Um, but he got a scholarship. He played basketball in high school. He got a scholarship to play at Winston-Salem State, and he didn't really play because he cracked his kneecap in half. That's Stephen A. Smith I'm speaking about. So he included that story in his book. Now, anybody who knows me knows, again, I'm a ride or die for certain celebrities. One of them is LeBron. The other is Stephen A. Smith. I love that man so much, mostly because a lot of what he says gets taken out of context and people hear what they want to hear. And I I'm very defensive over people like that, but anyway, so now keep in mind, this book came out. Let me say the date again, January of 2023, Jason Whitlock. Oh, this week, this week, January of 2024 said Stephen A. Smith didn't write his book and he is lying about his scholarship. So he waited an entire year to to come out and say that the scholarship wasn't real and that he ghost wrote the book, or that he didn't write the book, even though it has all the details of his life that he's talked about um, and something he didn't talk about. And in order to confirm a scholarship, all you got to do is call the school. It's on record. Anyway, um, so Stephen A. caught wind of that comment that he didn't write his book and he was lying about a scholarship. And he put out an hour long rant about how Jason Whitlock is a failure. And I've already taken up enough time with this with this conversation. But I will just say, if you if you know anything about these two people, t- go to YouTube and type in Stephen A. Smith show Jason Whitlock. You will not be disappointed because it is an epic. If you've ever seen Stephen A. Smith on TV, you know he's crazy. This is a different level. So I don't want to say too much more because I feel like I'm confusing people, but 
If you want some more context, look that situation up and then look up his response video. It is epic. Absolutely epic. Anyway, so that's that's what I have on that. Um, okay. So yeah, Jason Whitlock has been a very, very problematic person for however long. Um, and so yeah, we don't we the black delegation do not mess with old boy. Um <laughs> we do not mess with him. We don't mess with him. Now, as far as Stephen A. Smith, uh yeah. Stephen A. Smith, my thing with him is, you know, for him to sit here and you want and I I'll go back and I'll listen to the rant and everything, but my thing with him is, as far as going against Jason Whitlock, calling him a coon and or, you know, kind of, you know, just having that type of energy towards him. I find that hilarious that Stephen A. Smith, he does that because he's the same person that um had so much to say about um, Kyrie Irving when the whole anti-Semitic thing had happened um, with Mm -hmm. him, I think was like a year ago or something um, with the book that he was reading. And he did not really give, uh, he didn't really give Kyrie a chance to explain or he didn't really give him any type of grace in that situation. Um, And so this is a black athlete who for the most part, Kyrie is not problematic. You really don't hear much about him. And he's definitely somebody where he's for the community, does a lot of things. And so, you know, uh, that specific what? Go ahead. Oh, and well, so specifically in that situation, while I understand that you know feelings were heard, and you know people, you know, you know, in terms of anti-Semitism, um, uh, we definitely, you know, people take that very serious. Um, however, you know, he it wasn't like he was uh, purposely trying to promote anti-semitism and it was you know the book that he was reading yes and he was talking about it um but my my issue at hand with Stephen A. Smith is you went full throttle into you know saying the things that you said um about you know about him but at the same time but in the same breath when Jerry Jones who is the owner of the Dallas uh Cowboys when there was a group picture of him um, a group picture that he was featured in um, back in 1957 when he was amongst a group of white men who was preventing black students from integrating in an Arkansas high school um, during that year, you you have defended him. You defended yep. him. Actually, I forgot about so, that. So you sure did. Yeah, so my thing with Stephen A. Smith is like, you know, he's, it's like you're the loudest person when the camera's on. Um, but sometimes you can be loud and wrong. Sometimes you can be very hypocritical. So sometimes with me, when when you when things just reek of of hypocrite uh, of of hypocrisy, excuse me, um, it's hard for me to kind of like really give you grace in a situation. I'll still go back and listen because I did not, you know, I did not listen, um, and I so I don't know, you know, the intricate details of their situation. But I am familiar with both personalities and how, you know, Stephen A. Smith he can absolutely speak out against other popular, you know, black people, black athletes. Um, and then you also have Jason Whitlock, which uh, we we agree that he's very much problematic. Both are problematic. Right. I think I think that Jason Whitlock though he definitely takes the cake. But yeah, I just I don't know. It's like Stephen, you okay? That that's um, that's what I got. Now, uh, 
my apologies, Nyjah, but I'm gonna have to disagree with you on a Kyrie Irving thing. I think Kyrie Irving is very problematic. Um, in addition to that statement, Kyrie Irving is also known for being a complete dumbass. Meaning that, first of all, he was an- he was anti-vaccine, and that's a whole nother thing. But also, the type of shit he says, you can definitely tell he's never read a book in his life, and I'm actually shocked he read that one person's book and said something anti-Semitic or whatever the shit. Because he's also one of those people who believes the Earth is flat. But, um... I, yeah, I hate Kyrie Irving. I, he gets my fucking nerves. I think he's a complete dumbass. So I, I, I on that part, I've like, I think he, I can't stand Kyrie Irving. However, I do agree with you that uh, Stephen A. Smith can be very hypocritical, and I don't know much about sports, but I've seen many clips of Stephen A. Smith. Like, I feel like Stephen A. Smith is so big that even if you don't watch sports, you know his face and you know you what know he who does. He is. Um. And I don't know much about Jason Whitlock, but I do know Jason Whitlock. I remember him, someone saying the LeBron James thing, and I was like, who the fuck said that shit? Um, yeah. Also, I just looked up Jason Whitlock, and the first thing that it came up was he works for a conservative media company. Uh, that's all I need to know. Oh, I forgot to mention that. So within the rant, I, I completely forgot this. So within the rant, um, Stephen A. Smith said, he, so... He's worked, Jason Whitlock has worked for ESPN, Fox Sports, and now Blaze TV. Well, he was let go, and y'all got to watch this too. Well, he got fired from ESPN, if I remember correctly. So ESPN had something called Undefeated, which it was either a new, uh, like a sports news site, or it was a, a column. I just can't remember what it was. And Jason Whitlock was the head of it. And he had tried to recruit all these black writers and none of them wanted to work with him. One of the writers he wrote, he recruited was Stephen A. Smith because he was a writer before he was a TV personality. And he recorded Jamel Hill and all these other people. And all of them were like, nah. And ESPN fired him because he basically ran that column into the ground. Like he didn't, he did a horrible job. So then he moved on to Fox Sports. And, you know, I don't really know what happened there, but I just know that they did not like him. He ended up, and he couldn't find a job. Like Stephen Smith said on multiple occasions, you have Blaze TV that nobody watches because you couldn't find a job. You're working with Glenn Beck. Like, come on, you know. So, yeah, I, I did forget to mention that. But the reason I was, I didn't even know why Stephen A. was mad because I was like, what? Who? When did he say something? And then it was some thing on Twitter. I said, what is Blaze TV? What the hell is that? Yeah, so he's basically screaming into the void at this point. <laughs> also, also, another thing about the whole, oh, he had a ghostwriter write his book. Even if he did have a ghostwriter write his book, which most celebrities who have memoirs do, um, it's still his book. And also, everyone knows that when a ghostwriter writes a memoir or a book, they literally spend months with the person, the person and they gather every single detail about their life. So right. essentially, the person writes, the, like, basically, it's a person's story and it's verbatim, but they hire a ghostwriter who is skilled at copywriting and writing a book, um, you know, use the correct grammar, syntax, whatever, and they write it. So it is his book. And I'm just like, dude, like, it's his book. It's his story. Like, what, what difference does it make if it's a ghostwriter or not? And also, why did you wait a whole year to bring that up? Like... You could have brought that up 
in February of 23. Why you wait a whole year to bring up that it, he might have See, that's what I mean. This when I talk about people who have who are um, of ill intent, you brought that up to be petty. You brought that up to try to sully somebody's name. You didn't bring it up to be truthful. You brought it up to start drama. You didn't bring it. You weren't trying to be, you know, uh, a, a good journalist. No, you waited a year. You 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 made these claims that you have no evidence of it. But a year later, it's like you could have done this nine months ago, but you chose not to. So, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's how I feel about that, man. Um, ever since I heard that LeBron comment, first off, I'm biased, but also that is a the, the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You can't experience racism because you got money. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. I never forgot that. But, yeah, maybe we should move it along because we've been talking about this a long time. <laughs> Sorry. All right, before we get to the next topic, let's take a break. And we're back. All right. So our third and final topic will be led by uh, none other than Nisha. All right. So this topic, we have definitely skipped over a few episodes uh, because we kind of get lost with other stuff. But it's cool because um, this is very important and we are finally getting to it. So. I'm going to just kind of talk briefly about some anti-LGBTQIA plus bills um, that have been introduced or basically, matter of fact, I'll just probably do just like a quick overview of what's going on. Um, So Labor HHS, which is the subcommittee within the House Appropriations Committee on Labor, Health and Health Services, Um, Each of these subcommittees work on an annual appropriations bill, and um, they have the jurisdiction over the budget for the U.S. Department of Labor, Department of Health and Human Services and Education. Um, And so that is a committee that is within the Congress. So um, as of November of 2023, um, there are 510 uh, anti-LGBTQIA plus bills. Um, the interesting thing is that, um, as far as these must pass bills that usually happen, um, for federal funding and stuff, um, they usually start talking about those things at the end of the fiscal year, um, so that way they can, you know, get prepared for the following year. Um, there's been a lot of last minute amendments coming from the, uh, house Republicans. And so it's one of those things where they're, you know, trying to get all the funding and everything together, but they're very, very quick to bring in a bunch of uh, uh, anti-LGBT, I'm so sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied, but they're bringing in a bunch of anti-LGBTQ amendments and stuff. And so it's coming from the Republican Party. So we know that the conservatory uh, stuff, they're always doing stuff like that. Um, So basically it would weaken uh, discrimination protections for same-sex couples or restrict gender affirming care for adults and minors, um, amongst other things. Um, This is definitely going to affect procedures for trans youth. So they are definitely, um, I I would say that according to the information I've been reading, trans youth is probably the ones that's really going to take the hit for this. 
um, should anything get passed. And so these measures are likely not going to make it through um, the Democrats who control the Senate. Um, since, you know, Congress are the ones that finalize the federal budgets, but there is no guarantee. So I don't necessarily want anyone to hold their breath because we never know how things are going to go. Um, a lot of the information that uh, for the listeners um, is on the American Civil Liberties Union website, and that's ACLU.org. You can click on the issues tab and then you can go to the LGBTQ rights um, selection. And from there, you can get basically a full breakdown of each state because the, the 510 uh, anti-bills are across the country. Um, of those, uh, I forgot how many specifically were for Ohio, but I know that Ohio had quite a few actually um, that were uh, coming across um, the desk of Governor DeWine. And um, so, yeah, so it's been a lot that's been going on with that. So I, I definitely just wanted to kind of see you know, what your thoughts were. Um, I know that one of the shout outs that we had was from Governor Westmore, uh, who signed the bill to make Medicaid cover gender affirming care. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is that the uh, labor HHS, they are the ones that have the budget over um, the Department of Health. So just it's going to be tricky to see um, basically what's going to get passed or what other amendments they're going to make before they actually finalize the budget. So, uh, yeah, so definitely um, look out for anything in your states, um, looking at uh, pay close attention to state legislation uh, because, yeah, they're definitely trying to make it very, very hard for people of the LGBT community to have access to health care procedures, uh, any other type of protections that they need. Thank you so much, Nyjah, for that. Um, you should be a reporter. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I'm just going to do a, a big sigh for now. Um, I think a lot of this is distraction on the Repub on the uh, the GOP side. I think they're trying to distract a lot of people. Um. Because at this point, they have no agenda. They have no basis. They have no strategic plan. They're full of dumbasses who literally only thrive off of pissing the other party off. And at this point, um, I just, you know what? I think, honestly, I think the queer community, um, and just like the black community, um, you fucked with the wrong community. Because one thing you know about the queer community, they're not a, they're not afraid to shut a bitch down. Like, Thanks. I mean, this is not a direct comparison, but look what happened to um, what's his name? That uh, uh, uh the baby. Mm -hmm. As soon as he made that comment, canceled across the board. And we can talk about all double standards and like, yes, absolutely, there's a double standard because like at the same time, he's the same person who literally beat the shit out of a woman and was not canceled. But also comes to show you that like, who you know, different people and their priorities. But anyway, um, we will come for you. Let's go back to uh, the why Pride March exists. They threw a brick. They punched the shit out of these police. They don't give a fuck. Um, and, like, if you want to fight, we're going to fight. Um, 
and that's just period. I think these states like Ohio and Texas and Florida and North Carolina and Tennessee, all these states, um, I think it's very funny that they're doing all this stuff just to piss off, you know, LGBTQIA community when y'all literally are having decreasing populations left and right and broke as hell. Um, so y'all would think you would benefit from being a more of an opening open state, except for Florida. I guess Florida has enough citizens because they're all dumbasses and old people. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I just think it's insane to me that this is their goal is just to put all these bills up, um, and there's no reason behind it. And then people, you know, there's always some person in middle America saying, and not my tax dollars paying for some shine project. And that's not how I think. That's what I've heard. Like, these people in middle America will say shit like that. Um, and it's just like, bitch, you're the same person who also pay taxes for Biden to create a genocide, to help a genocide. You're also paying taxes to create why your broke ass is still broke. <clears throat> like, it's, it, the, you know, it's not, it's, you know, it's just, a mess, a mess, and also uh, there was another point I can't, and I was going to get to it. Um, I yeah, I just think I know someone personally who um just got sexual reassignment surgery that was paid off by Medicaid. Um, oh, wow, and I do know there there are certain stipulations. I know that like uh they they approve it based off like um if it's a necessary surgery and that's probably the wrong term. I think it's like another term, but I can't think of it right now. Um, but yes, I do know someone who got surgery paid off by Medicaid. Um, and obviously this person's in New York city, you know, New York city has probably one of the most, you know, liberal laws. Um, so it's probably easier to get that surgery here than anywhere else. But, um, I, it's possible. And I think with the right people like Wes Moore, uh, leading their states and not fucking DeWine, um, <laughs> uh, that you know these things could happen. It, I, you know what? I think also I'm I'm just rambling because I I'm just you know these type of topics piss me off so bad that I can't think clearly. Um, another thing, uh, I think another problem is, is that. These politicians, whoever, they are really isolating themselves from the young population. The young population is literally the biggest, like, uh, population in the country. Baby boomers are not the biggest anymore. Gen X are not the big, like, them to combine are not the biggest anymore. The voting power is going to come from millennials and Gen Zs, and, and I think the other one's called Alpha. Um... Which I just learned about. I was like, what the fuck is Alpha? Um, and so, obviously, we know that these young people are not happy to vote. They don't care about anything because they see the shit that these politicians do. Literally, these young people are saying, I'm not going to vote for the 2024 election because I don't like Biden. I don't like him either. And obviously not Trump. Um, And I think that, like, these old crippled white men who hold power, y'all, y'all do know that your your uh your community or the people who back you up are gonna die very soon. Mm. So your 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 hold on to power is gonna diminish. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I kind of wanted to stick with Ohio because 
I'm not going to lie to you. I, when, so there was a, uh, a I want to say it was a bill that was passed by uh, the Republicans in the House. And it has something to do with basically stripping. It has something to do with, you know, transgender people in sports. I think it was like it would just ban it or something like that. And, you know, DeWine, uh, you know, because he's a Republican, I had expected him to, you know, to sign it. But then I had heard that he went to a hospital or like was going to hospitals and talking to like trans youth and all of this. And I was like, is he going to veto this? And then you look up and he vetoed it. And I was like, wow. And then somebody told me, yeah, DeWine's a conservative, but he has like a weirdly decent record with like LGBTQ things. Um, he does. It's like, it's very strange, but um, yeah, I, you know what? It, it, it is maddening also. I mean, you know, obviously these people's power is going to end soon, hopefully sooner than later, but um, cause I'm tired of these old white men in, in power when, you know, I don't mind having a couple of them, um, you know, because they do represent like a part of the country. I mean, there are old people, but like they shouldn't be making up everybody. And we shouldn't have to, you know, we shouldn't have to choose between the 75-year-old and an 80-year-old every single election. Like, it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, I just, these laws make things, make it very difficult to, like, have any hope in some cases. Um, And, you know, you, you, Paul, you said there's no, you know, there's, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, there is. There is a rhyme or reason. Um, the rhyme and reason is to um, make sure that the ones that are, you know, at least the ones, let me start over. The main rhyme or reason is to make us less visible. It is to either force us back in the closet or get so depressed that we kill ourselves. That's the aim. That's what they want to do. They don't ever admit it. They'll never say that's what we want to do, but that's what they want to do. They want to, if they could, they would pass a law that would exterminate us. I honestly believe that because, you know, some of this stuff, like the way that they word some of these bills, oh, well, transgender people, you know, who are underage, um, you know, they can't have any gender affirming care. So they can't change their name. They can't get new clothes and use new pronouns because that's literally what most of them do. Um, and then they make up these lies. It's, it's and you know it's typically about you know transgender people. It's now less about gays, but even though they they hate us too, um, and it is they're just making up a bunch of lies about us. Like oh well they're they're brutalizing kids or whatever, which has never happened. Um, it's just a lie, and it's a lie to justify their despicable and disgusting legislation that they pass. Um, you know, passing that stuff, knowing the statistics, knowing what happens when you don't allow um, a person to transition, knowing that they're more likely to take their own life um, or putting them in a position to where someone else can, they know what the, they know what they're doing. They know they want us dead. Um, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a proponent and I'll, I'll end it by saying this. I'm a proponent of um, say what you mean, right? And, 
you know, so many people I've, I've heard, you know, people who are Christian and people who are just conservative in general. Oh no. Like I don't, I don't hate gays. I just think that, you know, that their, their lifestyle is sinful. No, that means you hate us. That's what that means. Like there's no, see, that's why I don't, I don't like the, the phrase. I love you, but because it negates everything, because everything you say after that negates the, I love you. Um, and that's what they do. I love you, but I don't support you. Like that's that's not love. So I'm kind of rambling, but I guess that's you know kind of how I feel about it. It's it's very tiring um, to constantly have to worry about my safety, my friend's safety, my family safety. You know, just because a group of people um, read a book twenty thousand years ago and want to apply twenty twenty four logic to you know ten thousand BC. Uh, but I don't know when the book, the book was written, but you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, so I don't know. I think these people have no morals. I think they have no character. I think they have no integrity. And honestly, I think all of them are evil. Every single one of them. Um, so yeah. That's all I got to say about that. And I agree with you, David. It's, it is a rhyme and reason. You're right. And, um, Yeah. And I, you know, I always go back to this quote, and I'm pretty sure I said this quote, my vows and my wedding. I said, I'm sick and tired of my existence being up for legislation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that can be, you know, the queer side of me and a black side of me. I'm sick of my existence being up for legislation. Right. Yeah. Uh, Nyjah, you have any uh, want to add or any had anything? Um, yeah, not not much. I I will say that uh, you know, while I don't belong to the LGBT community, I you know because I have friends who I truly love dearly, I try to uh, educate myself on what's going on, and I try to open my heart. Um. And the fight that I have in me, because of course I fight for black rights. And as a black woman, I'm constantly marginalized. Um, but at the same time, I also know that um, black rights is not just about black women. It's not just about black men. Um, it's, it, you know, it should also, it, the intersectionality of it all, uh, we should also encompass, you know, sexuality. And so me, my heart, the way that I'm set up, is, you know, I might not totally agree with some things. Like, I think that the first episode I had said, you know, like uh, someone who's young, you know, making a transition, um, you know, putting foreign, you know, substances and stuff in your body, hormones and stuff. I think I said that like the first episode, while I might not necessarily agree with that myself in terms of that part of the transition, um, at the end of the day, I don't ever want to be dismissive of, anyone's uh, plight. And I don't want to be um, dismissive of what you go through psychologically uh, and emotionally. And so, um, yeah, so I agree, you know, with what you both have said. Um, I definitely can echo that same sentiment, especially as a Black woman with, you know, my uh, personhood or, you know, uh, just me, my identity being up for legislation uh, as well. Um, it's very tiring. It's very exhausting. So, yep. 
that's that's uh what I have for that. 510, 510 anti uh LGBTQ bills is crazy, by the way. I'm like insane, insane. Yeah. It's insane. Um and you know, we're we're wrapping up at the end, but before I want to wrap up, I just want to also put this tidbit in. Y'all know y'all favorite person, Trump, is not gonna be on the Nevada bill uh ballot. Not because they voted for him to be off. It's because the dumbass forgot to file the paperwork for Nevada. He did not. Girl. Oh my God. I'm not surprised. That's unbelievable. Leave leave that little tidbit um, (laughs) in there, dumbass. Anyway. um, Right. So I guess our recommendations. um, Y'all have any recommendations? Um, I had one, but I forgot. Damn it. No. Yeah. Uh, no. I just have nope. one. Um, and I, I think I told David about this artist and, um, I should play. I also think you will love this artist. Um, recently I didn't discover her, but I recently ran into this artist called, uh, named Lady Blackbird. Um, Ugh. she... So I I was introduced to her through actually Billy Porter, and I was like, wow. oh, let me let me l- listen to her music, you know. And I, the first song I heard from her was "It's Not That Easy," mm-hmm. and I said, "Who is this? And where have you been in my life?" Um, uh, apparently they title her the Grace Jones of jazz. Um, she's a jazz singer. Uh, and she wears, you know, I think it's because she wears very eccentric outfits. When you're having a really shitty day, and you just want to relax, and you just want some soothing sound, and uh, just not think. Like, I, it, that's her music. It's um, so good. Yeah. I'll definitely uh, give her a listen. And definitely. actually, um, you will love this also, Nyjah. She actually got her stage name, Lady Blackbird, because from the Blackbird song from Nina Simone. Oh, okay. I am in. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh yeah, Nigel will appreciate this because she appreciates the uh, iconography and the legend status of Nina Simone. Um, mm-hmm. um, that's it, I think. Yeah, yep. I think that's all we got. All right. Well, we, uh, tune in next week, and that's our show, y'all. Peace. Bye. Bye.